to Slay the Stars in episode 27. Last time, Zeminshar said goodbye to the bounty hunters Lauren Rush, who were slain in the fighting. They discovered that Rush possessed a similar book to the one that Adhara carried and did a little research at the library. They met back up with Shar's parents and Karina and decided that Zem and Karina would go to dinner with Madame Taz Lane while Shar spends that evening with his parents. That is where we're going to pick up. Zem, you and Karina find Taz Lane's home easy enough. It's enormous <laughs> of course imagine you know like a i don't want to say governor's mansion because there is a governor of Morvale, but it gives off that like austere mm-hmm. uh, presence self-important yes and when you get there there is a butler standing at the door they check your note they've obviously already been notified that you're coming but they're just making sure your paper is in order and he looks at it he looks and he says um I ex- I was expecting you and uh, a man. It's just the two of you. Yes, there has been a um a change this evening. Oh, um I am I imagine that's that's fine. Up uh, come up. I'll, I'll take you to the sitting room. And you're escorted into this home. There are busts displayed everywhere of who you would assume are probably her ancestors paintings on the wall that are done like oil paintings things like that um everything is real wood real stone the craftsmanship is perfect uh eventually Tosling comes in she's totally fine with karina being there because karina is delightful regardless of what some people <laughs> believe uh and you pass a, a wonderful evening you don't spend a lot of time talking shop it's sort of just like a like a girl's night. Nice. Talking, hanging out. Uh, eventually, you finish the meal with some champagne, and you're seen to your room for the night. Uh, are you and Karina going to stay in the same room, or would you like separate rooms? We can stay in the same room. All right. Uh, Make it like a sleepover. Yeah. Well, and that the moment the door shuts... Karina runs over to bed, jumps on it, and she's like, oh, my God, we haven't had a sleepover in so long. (laughs) It's been years. (laughs) I feel like a kid again, not just because of this, but also because Shar's parents treat me like a child all the time. Oh, do you? Do you feel like a kid again? And I'm going to take a pillow and I'm going to whap her with it. Like (laughs) she uh, she sells it majorly and falls backwards. Oh, no. And then she grabs one. and She throws it at you. And she's like, I've missed just having fun. This has been, this has been really hard. It has, but I have to say, meeting up with you again in life after secondary school mm-hmm. has been eye-opening. And what do you, what do you mean? I hope you mean that in a good way. I do, because I don't know about you. But back then, man, I pretended a whole lot of things and I went along with a whole lot of crap that I never would have done if it weren't for being in that group. Yeah. I, yeah. I I get the feeling that you felt the same way. Yeah, I mean, I think I got a little bit of um like a like a reputation for being a certain way and I just sort of I sort of ran with it, you know? We all did. I mean, we all, we all did. Um, 
there are some things that I regret from that time. Um, but like what? I mean, you know, you know. I don't know what. Tell me. I mean, like whenever I was dating that guy, like. Oh, that guy. What happened was not cool. Are we not saying his name now? Like, I mean, I can say it. I just feel like I feel guilty about it. I don't like I don't really like to talk about it. Oh, like you mean because you totally decimated him and he was like head over heels in love with you? Yeah, that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it that way. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh, he's married now. Chris is married? He's married. He has a kid. No way. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why they're married. You know what I mean? But, like, we don't have to get into that. I mean, that was, that would have had to have been right away. Yeah. It was super right away. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're not old enough to be married. I mean, you didn't ask me who we married. Oh, no. Wait, how do you even know this? Listen, I spend a lot of time in Saltspire, and it may be a big city, but it's a small town, if you know what I mean. I do. And this is why I don't know, because I didn't want to know, because I tried real hard to leave all that behind. But but tell me, who's he married to now? You don't want to know. You just told me I did. I know, but when I say it, you're going to be so upset. I mean, it's not you, right? No. Oh, my, oh my God. No. Ew. Um... No, it's um, Cassandra, who was, like, the leader of your mean girl group. I, like, for a second, I just look at her, like, blink, and then I bust out laughing, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. For a moment there, I thought you were going to cry, and I felt so bad. I am <laughs> I am so glad that you, you thought it was as funny as I did because, <laughs> oh, my God, of course. Oh, they deserve each other. They do. Well, all right. Okay. <laughs> so you don't have to feel bad for him anymore. He's <laughs> clearly got his hands full because she's a handful. Yeah, that's definitely one person I would be happy not coming across again. Same. <laughs> Same. Mm. I'm just imagining, like, the butlers and the maids, like, outside, like, telenovela, like, Cassandra. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> Um, so, but, like, what about you, though? What have you been doing in the years in between besides this fabulous new skill that you have? No, I've I've been just trying to make it, you know? I I really, really love music. And I know I didn't really telegraph it that much back in school, but I'm, you know, I found what I'm passionate at. And I'm, I'm good at it. You know, maybe I'm not rich and famous yet, but people are starting to know who I am. And I actually make money. People do know who you are. Yeah. It's it's insane. And, you know, as frustrating as his parents can be, they're really sweet. And, I mean, they're about as famous as you can be as bards. And they're willing to help me. And I kind of love them. They've sort of adopted me, which is nice. I don't. Ready? And she, she gets a little, like, sad for a moment. And she's like, I don't. My mom died. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it actually happened back in school. I, I didn't tell anybody. Um, 
I didn't really have anybody after that except for my friends. Um, and so when I set off to become a bard, I was, I was like, you know, I, I'm already by myself. I might as well do this. So once I started traveling with Amaryllis and, and Finn and they, they miss him, you know? I do. And I think that I miss my mom and they miss their son and it's kind of in a really fucked up way like it works for us. Yeah. I mean, it's not fucked up. It's not. What's fucked up is having your mom chase you across the freaking continent. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> your mom's crazy. The only reason I survived my childhood are because of his parents. I, I know. They're wonderful. They are. But we don't have to talk about sad things. Okay. Launches pillow. <laughs> but like one more sad thing. I mean, if you have to. <laughs> I um I really want to come with you guys, but I feel like you're not gonna let me. Yeah. Uh it's really dangerous. Everything's really dangerous. I mean, like I don't know how to explain this, and part of it isn't my story to tell. Uh, um I have, uh, uh, God. So there's someone pursuing me, um, but they have magical means to find me and come at me through the people that are around me and hurt the people that are around me. And I just don't think that it's, is smart to add to that. No, I I understand. I, that makes sense. I mean, I I know you can handle your own. You've survived thus far, but I I think that you need to stay with his parents. I think you're all targets too and it's best not to put us all in the same location. Where can I take them? That's safe. There's a woman um, that we met on the way here who can probably help direct you where to go. Her name is Kai, and she has a lovely home, although I might be the only one that finds it lovely, um, in the woods. And it's, I can, I can find a map and show you generally where to find it, but, um, I would stop and see her, maybe. All right. She's very smart, and she sees things. She knows things. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, we can do that. What's more, and don't be so mad at me, but there's a delegation coming from the school. Okay. Um, yeah. They're part of the... They represent a lot of danger. We need to go, and you need to go. So I think you need to go tomorrow. Probably pretty early. That's why I was pushing Shar to stay with his parents tonight. So that he had some time with them before. Yeah. Because yeah. as, as much as I would love to promise them that we'll see them all again, I just 
don't know. I mean, the likelihood seems scarier and scarier every day. Well, I'm not going to think like that. I am going to think positively because I am a positive person. <laughs> um, and I will, I'll keep them safe. You know what I'm positive about? What? I'm positive that I want to know who you've been seeing. Well, and that is where we're going to cut that scene. It just fades into more girly discussions until the two of them eventually just pass out because they're both exhausted from the day. Char, oh my God, adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you have a nice dinner with your parents. They know Morbale. They've been here quite a few times as bards. Uh, so they take you to their favorite little restaurant in town where they serve, we'll say like Italian food. There's like pasta and stuff going on because like that feels very family meal to me. And eventually you get back to the room. You guys walk in. Everybody's kind of in a good mood. You've relaxed slightly. You've unclenched a bit. But as soon as you set foot in the room and your mom shuts the door and she turns to you and says, okay, we need to talk immediately. Reclenched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. It's been nice talking about baseball and things like that, but... <laughs> Yeah, baseball. That's what we're talking about. Baseball. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> We've been talking about sports and th- you're you're doing the thing where you talk about everything except for the things you need to talk about. Oh, okay. Avoid. I'm like baseball and D and D. Like, am I having an annual? Yeah, yeah there's right definitely now? baseball. It's the uh, imperial sport. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, she says it's it's nice to just talk about random things and stuff, but we need to we need to talk for real. All right. Go ahead. What the hell? <laughs> sure, I was going to have some of Zem's snarkiness a little bit. Like, that's a little broad, but okay. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> you come here. <laughs> Ma! No. Um, Why haven't you written to us? Honestly? Because I didn't want to let you know that I left. That I was not finding anything to do with my life. And you guys seemed so natural in yours. In everything that you do. And I just couldn't. Sharp. Before you were born, your father and I spent days sleeping on park benches and eating scraps we were given from leftover foods in taverns because we couldn't afford the actual meals and stuff. We know what it's like to struggle. We would never judge you for being a little lost. You guys, regardless, always knew what you wanted to do you you knew you've told me the stories yeah it's great you never gave up on your dreams and i don't i'm not diminishing 
struggles on either side. I never had a talent. I never had the skill or the drive or just want to be around. And then I did. And then it was gone again. And then a path was forcibly placed. What does that mean? Skill sets that I never had before. I had. And it is where I think I need to go. That is so vague. What the hell isn't vague? <laughs> I I just don't I don't understand. Make me under How are you doing magic? You went to be a monk and then you decided not to be a monk. You decided to be a, a wizard? Is that what you are? No. No, I'm, I'm not a wizard. I don't have the patience or just power for magic that Zem does. Mine is way more complicated. And I didn't learn it. I was given it. And I need you to trust that whoever gave it to me doesn't want people to know that they did. Your mom looks concerned. Roll me an insight check. 16. That is my third two in a row. <laughs> different dice, right? It's a different dice. It's been... The, um person who is giving you this power what do they look like when your mom says that you hear some fear in her voice i'm gonna start broad and like starting to trickle down see like where on her reactions like gauge ancient older hair color presence of a room, et cetera, et cetera, going all the way down to describing at least simple facial features. And I just want to see where along the lines that like, if they start freaking out. The moment you start describing Amara's command of a room, you see your mother's eyes go a little bit wide. And as soon as you start describing the face, the blonde hair, the facial features, she inhales deeply and then looks back towards your dad and his eyes are wide and she's just like, I see. Okay. Mm. Do you know them? Just, I know this person and I trust them. I'm, I'm glad that she is offering you guidance. Do they offer you some? In a way. At that point, your mom is... She's very flustered, and she's... You can tell she's really thinking hard about something, and uh, your dad steps forward, and he says, Okay, um, we can move on from that topic. Char, if you are mixed up with her... With that, and that's related to everything that's happening, you 
need to hide. We're working on that. Are you, or are you just running into more danger? You act like the danger isn't going to find me either way. If anybody needs to go in hiding, it's you. They're not after us. Yeah, they are. If that's true, and they're hunting all of us, the smartest thing to do would be to stick together so that we have the numbers to protect one another. No. Look, I'm... I'm sorry that I... wasn't the best during that period of time. And... And you see, like, he kind of relaxes a little bit. Like, Regardless of going into hiding, I have to help stop whatever the hell is going on. And they're after you because they're after me. What do you want us to do? He's going to pull out whatever money's left. He's got like seven platinum. You guys need to just stay inconspicuous. Your parents are like, we don't, don't give us money that you need that if anything. Where did you get seven platinum? Zem is a very good negotiator. All right. <laughs> you chuck one under the bus, I'll chuck you under the bus. <laughs> That's only fair. I mean, I am a criminal's child. I need you safe. Because if you guys are gone, then I will have nothing left to lose. And I'll stop being safe. Do you even understand... How fucked everything else is right now. Things are hard, but things are always hard. I I don't know what you mean. Zombies. Zombie animals are coming out of the woods. Monsters are attacking out of fire. Well, People that yes, we thought we could trust. The... We can't. Familiar relations for most people apparently are bullshit. And you guys are good people. And if you are gone because you're good people and people are coming after me, then there's nothing left. Sure, there, there are people in this world whose job it is to protect it. It doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be. What if it is? You don't want to lose us, but we don't want to lose you. We feel like we haven't... We feel like you've been gone for so long. It was like losing you. And now you leaving on some quest that might get you killed feels like losing you all over again. This gives me something to figure out what's going on with me. To help Zem solve whatever she needs to figure out. Why they're after her? Why they're even after Karina? Karina. We can solve a lot of it. I truly believe that. Do you truly believe that? I do now. Roll me a persuasion check. With advantage. I didn't choose the refugee life. The refugee life chose me. <laughs> So, not bad, actually, but I still have a minus. 
15 total. Seeing you say that with so much confidence behind it, more confidence than your parents have ever seen you speak about anything ever in your whole life. Your mother stops protesting. All right. But you have to promise me that if this gets too big and too hard, you'll give it up. It's not worth losing you. It's not worth losing Zamira. We have a chance to do something, and I will be as safe as possible while doing so. And I'm going to see it through, because I think there's some good to be done here. Because I don't... I could have lived a quiet life as a blacksmith or making glass. There's a life that could have been, and I would have hated every goddamn second of it. We're seeing this through, and I'm going to solve it. I, I would have hated every second if I had to do that, and I was ready to do it. But I wasn't prescient when I was there. And now I have something that I can do and make sure that you guys will be safe then yeah, I'm going to do it. You want to tell me what that role was for? <laughs> nope. <laughs> your, your dad puts his arm around your mom and he says, you know, Amaryllis, he is uh, our child and he's right. A life of normalcy would probably not have been enough for him and she glances over her shoulder at him and just nods her head and he says all right we'll go along with this i can't ask you to not do this thing that you're so passionate about when he's talking to her you can tell that he's trying to convince her of a few things. He's, he's being very forceful. Like, this is your son. He needs to do this for him, basically. And I will see you again. Of course you will. <laughs> There's no other alternative. I refuse to think of it that way. He's going to pull some paper and pen out of the bag. I'm going to put couple names on here of people that you can trust and also a list of names of people you absolutely cannot and I want you to keep this very close to the chest and not tell anybody where you got it it would be unfortunate if I were to mix these lists up wouldn't it I'm, <laughs> yep, I'm yep, kidding I'm yep, kidding I'm it, kidding. it would <laughs> just trying to make a light moment so, no, sure, last. It's just... Write your list. But if we agree to this and do this your way, you have to do something for us tonight. I'm not singing. You're singing. Fuck. <laughs> so, I need you to roll me a performance check, Char. Nine minus one. 
All right. Right? Those are better. So, Char, you write your note. Your father accepts it. And then he and your mother drag you out of the room downstairs to the lobby of the inn where they force you to perform with them for the evening, singing their songs that you remember. And you don't sing a ton recently. The whole thing, the whole evening, the whole day has you pretty choked up and stressed, but your parents are able to carry you guys through. You make some tips. It's a bittersweet moment. Eventually, you all return to the room for the night. The next morning, Zem, Toslain has breakfast laid out for you and Karina. You guys eat. Toslain says that she will meet you um, at the entrance to Old Morbale in about an hour if you want to go collect Char. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right. Um, also, I, I meant to mention last night before I went to bed, I did write out a letter to give to the headmaster upon arrival. Okay. And are you giving that to Toslane to give? I will, but not quite yet. Okay. I, I want to make sure that I've said everything I need to say. I just want to ponder it before I actually give it to her. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So eventually, Char, you and your parents are having breakfast in the cafeteria area of the inn. And Zem shows up to collect you for the morning. Karina's like, are you saying we have to leave now? I mean, you can collect yourselves, but you probably should. Yeah. And I'm going to go over to, like, when we get there, I'll, you know, um, I'll go over to his parents and I'll give them both a hug and tell them I was, you know, happy to see you and I will miss you, but I will take care of him. They both give you a hug, like, at the same time. So you get that big family hug and Amaryllis whispers to you, just take care of him, okay? Of course. You know I will. Roll me a perception check. I don't think I had anything, but let me just make sure. Yep, still a plus zero. 13. Ooh, I get to roll. Okay, hold on. I'm going to roll. I'm not changing it. It's still yeah. 13. But I do get to roll. Your four tens? That went. Here it is. Yeah, I'm going to roll poor tense. Sorry. Thank you. Eight and 14. All right. Karina walks over to them and tells them basically that they need to get packed up and get ready to leave. And surprisingly enough, Char, they do not put up a fight. They sort of expected this. Uh, and after they give Zem a hug goodbye, they turn to you and they wrap you in a big hug as well. Uh, I need you to roll me a perception check. That is a critical failure. Perfect. I get stabbed in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they say to you, just, we'll see you again. Okay. With that, the two of you are free to head to the old city anything you guys want to discuss before you get there so how did it go did you have a good visit 
you told them about Sandra? Like the entire way up. Oh, no, like, <laughs> they didn't hear that from me. <laughs> sure as shit didn't hear it from him. <laughs> they they deserve to know um when you're happy. That you're happy when you're happy. And you know a clap her hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted them to have um something positive to hold on to. And you. How was you guys' night? Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Zem looks tired. They probably stayed up too late talking. She's um, exactly the same and also very different at the same time. I don't know how to explain that. I feel like um, we both understand that a lot of our youth was just us being young and dumb. I hate to break it to you. We're still young and dumb. No, no, I, I get that. But, like, we've also had a lot of growth over the past few years and a lot of um, starting to, to understand who we are as people and not just groups of awful teenage girls. Good. At this point, Shar, you feel in your pocket. When you put your hand in, you feel coins there. Son of a that you bitch. didn't notice last time. God. And something else. And you you pull it out and it's a ring that your dad gave your mom for one of their anniversaries. You can't remember exactly. And it's just this thin silver band that's worked with like some some like leaves and like flowers almost and on the inside of the band it's engraved it just says i will always find you zem in your pocket you also find some coinage <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> so between the two of you shar you quickly realize it's the the tips you made last night <laughs> god damn it between the two of you, there's probably like five silver pieces, five gold pieces, something like that. Five silver, five gold. I'm assuming that they did not take any money then. They did not. God damn it. I sent them in the direction of Kai. She's on my list. Good. <laughs> Wait, list? <laughs> <laughs> good list, good list. You're making lists? No, I made a list of people they can trust and who they should. Oh, oh, oh. Because there's a lot of people that... Suck. Yeah. So, you make it to the entrance to the old city, and Toslane is waiting there with the same four guards, and she immediately puts on a big smile when she sees you, and she says, Oh, perfect, perfect timing. Shall we? Yes. Does anything seem different about her? No. You start walking in and it is striking. When you grew up hearing stories about the dwarves, this is what you remember being told about. 
a huge city inside of a mountain with this the ceiling is so high you you can't even imagine 200 300 feet hard to tell but it's been like magical lamps that have been set into it that sparkle almost like starlight above you and the ground has been mined out but it's like smooth and there's been like a lacquer put over it so it's it's shiny and reflects some of that light and in the twilight we'll call it you can see just buildings everywhere homes stores shops this whole community underground that for lack of a better word dwarfs anything you you see outside in what is new morbale that was on purpose <laughs> And there are people here. You you were also under the impression that most of the dwarves had moved outside of the old city and into the new city, but that doesn't seem to be the case at all. There's a thriving community here of people who still live within the mountain. And set off in the back, you see the, the inner entrance to Arithdal, the dwarven keep that had been the central point of the Dwarven kingdom for thousands of years. And it takes you a bit. It's kind of quiet as the two of you are just eyes darting around, taking all of this in. Eventually you get up to the doors. Nobody stops you because Toslane is with you. The doors are opened immediately. And you are escorted into a palace made entirely of stone. A lot of the pillars look like they were hewn out of the mountain itself. They weren't created and brought in. They were just carved in place. And along the walls, you see these frescoes, these paintings and murals that depict these great wars that you've never heard of, where the dwarves succeeded in vanquishing dragons and things out of legend that you've never even thought of as real. And eventually you're taken to the throne room. And there's no throne. Behind where the throne would be, there is a hole that's been cut out of the wall now. You can see the rubble where some of this must have fallen away. And behind it is where this hidden room was. And there are guards there, standing watch. And Toslane walks up and she says to them, uh, well, I've... I brought these people here because they could potentially help us. Please don't allow anybody in as long as I'm in there. And they just nod and she gestures for the two of you to follow her inside. And I have a map of this room thanks to my BFF, Fungin, because uh, I'm not good at maps and he is literally the best. So... You can find that map on our social media pages, on our Patreon. It's going to be posted everywhere. Uh, and if you want to see some of the cool stuff he's doing, you should follow him at fmaster90 on Twitter. Thank you so much, Fungin. I love you. All right. So, incoming map. As you both step through this hole in the wall and into this room, you think back to what you know of this war 
that happened, what you've read, some some of the things that you read yesterday at the library in the books, even though the dwarves were better fighters, more experienced, they were squashed between this force coming from the south and the, the drow force coming in through the mines behind them. They had nowhere to fall back. And it was clear that they weren't going to win. The dwarves knew they weren't going to win. And in those moments, they had time to prepare. And it seems that what the last king of the dwarves prepared was this room. It's almost like a time capsule. And you get this distinct feeling of, like, I'm not supposed to be here. This is not a place for me. There's no light in here. You're given candles to walk in. And Toslane says, I, we haven't tried casting magic in here yet because we're not sure what we'll find. We don't know what's stored here, so just be careful. So you walk in with these candles. And you see in front of you that there are six statues that are almost acting as mannequins because on each one, there is a suit of armor, beautifully made armor, three that look to be made out of steel, two that are a little different. They are that silver color like steel, but they look thinner. And the shine is, is different. It's more like a silver than a steel. The last set, however, is jet black. And when you shine your candle on it, it gives off this green sheen. Each one is stamped or etched with a sigil that is made up of three pieces, a mountain, a hammer, and a crown. There are multiple chests along the walls that are unopened currently. There are racks of well-made weapons. And at the back of the room, on a raised platform, you see the missing throne. And this was... So you know how after World War II, there were a lot of uh, like paintings and things like that that went missing? Rediscovery kind of thing. Yeah. The missing dwarven throne was one of those things. People would say, like, oh, smuggled out of the city to be saved, or, you know, no, the the drow took it back with them, you know, to tell Nim as, like, a trophy, and they just don't want people to know. But there it is, this huge, solid, wooden throne with different iron spikes and stuff sitting off of it. And laying across at the foot of the throne is a huge war hammer enormous. And on a table next to it, you see a crown, golden, gleaming, with five rubies set into the front of it. And to the left of the throne, there is a huge iron statue, it looks like. What are the two of you doing? Toslane is standing back by the entryway, watching what you're doing to make sure you don't do anything super shady, but letting you both look around. I don't want to touch anything, but I am going to, like, as detail inspect as I can. I'm going to start with the six statues. 
Uh, I'm going to look towards Ta's lane and has anyone been through here yet into the room itself? No, we we sent for one of the one of the mages we actually have in the city and they came, they looked in and they just they said that they were afraid to cast magic here. It was above their pay grade, so that was when we asked for Stellium to come. All right, I'm going to take out some of the uh the incense and start ritually casting outside of the room detect magic okay. i'm i'm in it and i'm circling the six statues and like what i'm looking at like yes i'm looking at the um the suits of armor but i'm also like i'm looking at the statues themselves like are the faces different do they look like they're different statues are they all the same um, like base just with the different armor on them. Does it look like there's any pieces that move? Um, I would assume if they have the armor on them that they like. Have a way to get them off. Yeah. Okay. I need you to roll me two things. Um, I need you to roll me a perception check. And I need you to roll me a history check. Perception is lighter and history is darker. So 13 for perception and then. I'm going to use my um, portent mm-hmm, for the history, and that's going to be a 17. You're looking at these statues, and they don't look to be articulated. They look to be stone statues, marble. Each one is different, however, very detailed. They they were definitely made in people's likeness. As you're glancing at the sigil and you're looking at each of them, you know that this sigil that they bear is the crest of the former ruling family of Morbeo. So your guess is that they are maybe some sort of king's guard, potentially. As you look at the the armor, specifically the, the two types that you're unsure of, as you get closer, you can see that the, the not steel but still silver armor, it's so thin. Are you touching it? Not yet. I wasn't going to touch anything okay. yet. It's, it's so thin, you're questioning how it could even possibly protect somebody. And then you look at the the dark jet black armor and you are unfamiliar with what kind of metal this could even be it doesn't it doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before and that green shine that it gives off is almost ethereal okay okay as you're looking Shar, you finish up casting detect magic you take a step into the room and you immediately notice a couple things <laughs> The armor, the three sets that were in question, are all magical, enchanted. The ones that are not just steel, you mean? Yeah, the ones that are not just steel. That hammer leaning against the throne, incredibly powerful also. The iron statue next to the throne and the crown seem to be sharing some sort of magical connection. They're giving off the same vibe. And that statue is not a statue. Sam? 
And as you're having this thought, you see behind the throne. How do I describe this? (laughs) Nicely. A small (laughs) signature of illusion magic reaches out towards the crown. I'm going to chuck a dart. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. 100% throwing a dart. Roll. It's really good. Uh, 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Six damage. (laughs) All right. I actually rolled max damage on a dart. (laughs) You, this, it's a hand, but... I mean, I guess you would see the outline of the hand in illusion magic. As it's reaching out, you pin it right in the center with this dart. And in that moment, you hear this, like, ah! scream. <laughs> Zem, there's somebody behind the throne. There's somebody behind the throne. Like, and I, as you say that, and then and as then I'm saying, the as there's, your head. And like, I, I'm like, what the hell? And in that moment, <laughs> you hear the scream. Char, you see this blur of illusion magic run towards the crown. It grabs the crown off the table, and the crown seems to, like, disappear as it gets shoved into something's cloak. And all of a sudden, you hear, like, a... Zap back away from the statue As the iron statue by the throne starts to move. And I need you both to roll initiative. I got a six. It's a nine for me, dog. The statue starts moving, coming to life. You watch it stand up, this huge, hulking mass of iron. It pulls out this giant hammer. It comes down towards you, Zem, and it is going... Oh, you... Shar, since you still have the tech magic up, you would see that this invisible thing starts running and ducks and hides behind some of the uh, boxes, chests that are against the wall. Zem, this thing's coming to take a swing at you. Yeah, that's a 18 to hit. So even if I cast shield? Shield has plus five. I'm sorry, what did you say? 18. Yeah, it's not going to make a difference. That is nine points of bludgeoning damage. As it swings down, it hits you in the back and knocks you into one of the statues. And it's your turn, Zem. Um, so as I am like <laughs> like wheeling backwards, um, I'm going to throw out my old faithful witch bolt. I'm gonna do it at second level. Go for it. So it is a 14 to hit. Does not hit. Sucks. That sucks. Zem, you wheel around to try to attack this thing, and you're still a little dizzy from that slam, and it, your bolt just goes wide, hits the ground. Next up. I'm going to move around to the other side. Okay. And have cover. Okay. Sure. I'm going to run over to where the creature, whatever the hell it is, 
duck behind. I'm going to grab it, pick it up, and start walking with it towards the statue. (laughs) Like, holding it out in front of me. Like, this is what you probably want. Okay, you run over. You see, once you get there, you get a a good look at the outline of this person. And they're small. Like, gnome-sized. And you reach down to grab a hold of them. And they're like, leave me alone! Hey, what? What are you doing? And I need you to roll an athletics check. 13. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. You grab a hold of this person and you're wrangling them and dragging them towards this construct. What are you saying anything? Give it back now. This person is like, "Hey, what are you doing? This is mine. I found it. Leave me alone." <laughs> I'll just start shaking <laughs> the person. <laughs> All right. Uh it is the top of the round. So I've walked towards the statue 100% in front of holding the, the whatever it is, if it's a gnome, goblin, dwarf, whatever, I don't know, uh, in front of me, shaking them, saying, give it back now. <laughs> okay. Actually, I forgot. The guards turn. The guards are taken aback. They do not want to walk into this room, but you see they are ushering Taz Lane out right now, trying to get her away from the situation. Uh, Top of the round, though, it is this person's turn. They're going to try one more time to get away from you. So, Char, I need you to roll me uh, another athletics check. Natural 20. That's unfortunate. They rolled up. That is a six, yeah. All right. So you, uh, you keep a hold of them. And it is the golem's turn. It turns noticing that the object that it wants is in front of it. Zem, who has tried to scoot around to get out of this thing's sight range, watches as it starts to walk past her. Over towards you, Char, and it reaches out towards you to grab a hold of it's trying to grab the crown, but it can't see anything because this person is invisible. So it's going to try to grab a hold of this person from you. Are you going to let go of them? If it successfully grabs onto it, yes. Okay. Grabs a hold of this person and they're screaming, no, wait, I don't, no, I'll get it back, I'll get it back. And they're like struggling and they grab a hold of the crown that's in their pocket and they drop it on the ground. And at that point, The construct looks down, it drops the person, goes for the crown, and it walks back up on the things. Unless you guys are going to stop it. What kind of construct is it? Do we like it's like a giant iron automaton? Iron, got it. And it, it walks back up and places this crown back on the pedestal. And then it goes. Stands back into its its place and goes back into its pose. That person who hit the ground, when they hit the ground, their invisibility drops. And you see before you a goblin. Let me send you the picture that... There's a picture. There is a picture. Jasper, our patron who designed this character, uh, also did some art for them, and they are fantastic. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Look at the toenails. It's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it so much. The tail too. Holy hell. Yeah. It's so good. The sparkly, glittery gold platforms. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. So the guards come running into the room and the guards look confused and the goblins like dusting themselves off and they're like, ah, well, thanks a lot. That was going to be a really nice thing to add to my stall. Uh, huh? Who are you? How did you get in here? Name's Dale. Dale Swin. Well, Dale. How I got in here is nobody's business but my own. I think they're going to disagree with you. And he's so how do you think you're getting team. out of here? <laughs> Haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, Dale. I would have been fine if it weren't for your friend over there who can apparently see people who are invisible. Thank you. Um, I don't really appreciate the backhand I got on your behalf, Dale. Listen, shouldn't have gotten in the way. What are you doing in here? You're not dwarves. Neither are you. I'm going to start cursing Dale out in dwarvish. Like, um, you silly little motherfucker. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, there's a lot of animosity here. You kiss your boyfriend with that mouth? I do. That ain't it, though. I like to imagine you both are still in Dwarvish and, like, I'm the only one in the room that does not understand. I, like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head and it's making me sad, but I really want, like, like really colorful Dwarvish curses that the guards are even looking at me sideways. Listen, listen, listen. I have to go. But you guys come see me sometime. I have a stall in the market district. It's a pop-up kind of thing. Just ask for Dale. They'll tell you. And I trip him. <laughs> so he falls. Ah! But he's still invisible. And you see the guard. Are you guys going to try to stop him? Yeah. <laughs> the whole point of us being in here. Well, he's, he's trying to run. So uh... I'm going to leave them to it. I'm not going to do any. Because I, like, I, got, I got nothing for yeah. this situation. So like. I'm I'm gonna leave you guys to it. I'm gonna like dust myself off while you're figuring out whatever. All right. Okay. It's two things. Time out. Tripping them and then pointing to the direction for the dwarves, like right there. <laughs> Second thing. They're like, while... oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the the guards eventually come over and they they grab Dale and Dale's screaming the whole time. Ah! And they're like, what the hell are you talking? And they just, they drag them out. Okay, time out. Second thing. While they were uninvisible, did they have any magic items on them? Yes. A couple different trinkets, odds and ends. Rings, earrings, the platform shoes. All of it. So 100% they raided this treasury and we're still having a No, 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 no. Most of those trinkets did not come from here. And you could tell whenever they were not invisible that those items... They all look custom made. They look um, like new money fancy. (laughs) (laughs) And you get like the faint signature of magic on these things, but none of them seem to be old. Yeah, none of them seem to be old and none of them seem to be super powerful or incredibly useful. (laughs) 
But eventually, the guards drag Dale, still invisible, so it's kind of humorous to watch uh, them drag this invisible goblin out of the room. I'm going to look over to the statue. Sorry. <laughs> Toslane picks her head, uh, peeks her head in, and she says, well, that was um, interesting. Really was, right? <laughs> so um, now, like, I'm done with these statues because, like, now my interest is over here. Um, and I I'm want to cast Mage Hand, and I want to try, like, all I want to do with the crown is this. Pick it up. See if there's a response. Put it back down. Yeah, the moment the the crown moves off the pedestal, the construct looks like its head up. And when it comes back down, does it like it stops powers back down? I want to pick it up and hold it up a little bit, like same same place. I'm going like a foot off of the pedestal. Is it coming towards the crown? Yeah, it seems to be drawn towards the crown. Okay, like, the second it takes, like, its second step that way, I'm going to put it back down and leave it there. Okay. Um, back down. And, I, and I'm done with that experiment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I do want to, like, do the mage hand over, like, to the construct, like, and touch the construct and see if there's any reaction there at all. And, and just, like, a touch. Yeah. No, there does not seem to be a reaction to it being touched. I don't know if I have the magical strength for it but if i can like adjust the warhammer i would like to try that test as well the one near the throne Uh you put your your mage hand grips the handle and tries to move it it can't even move it okay i i kind of thought that that was the case uh do you have a spare guard out there um a a spare guard no but i could send one in (laughs) yeah i have a theory about something okay and until one gets here, I'm going to keep exploring. So, <laughs> Well, she immediately sends in one of her guards. Okay. I'm going to walk with him up to the pedestal. I'm going to have a dwarf specifically try to pick up the crown. I'm going to place myself between the construct. And as soon I'm going to say, look, pick it up. If the construct moves, put it right back down. Okay. He picks up the crown, and the moment he touches it and lifts it up, the construct looks up over towards him. And this time it speaks. And it says, You are not of the king's blood. Okay, put it back down. Put it back down. He puts it back down. And you can see, like, beads of sweat. (laughs) This dude is concerned. Okay, I'm going to walk, like, place myself in front of the construct as he walks out to make him feel more secure. Mm -hmm. And then that was the end of that experiment. Okay. Sure, while you're up there on the dais, you look at the hammer. This hammer is, it has like a patina to it from age, but at the same time, it looks like it was just put down yesterday. There's no dust, there's no rust, nothing like that. But there are no jewels on this. It's perfectly made down to the smallest detail, but it's not a weapon of ceremony. This is a weapon for war. And inscribed on the wood of the hammer is the name Volcana's Hammer. Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. uh, Volcana is the deity associated with craftsmanship, blacksmithing. That's what I thought. Things like that. Anything else in the room is magically... Like the statues, the the six, 
the statues weren't magical. It was just the armor, right? Correct. And the hammer is magical. Is the throne magical? No, it doesn't appear to be. Okay. The automaton and the crown are shared magic. Yeah. They, it seems to be that the automaton itself as a, is a magical construct, but then it also has some sort of magic, like, tying it to the crown. Like it just knows where it is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about the, well, let me pull it back up, chests and weapons that were, like, just, like, stacked, like, extra weapons? or any of those weapons magical? You can see that a lot of the weapons on the racks are basically plus one weapons. Battle axes, war hammers, swords, great swords. Are all the kinds of chests things. magical? The chests don't appear to be magical. Okay. I'm going to... At this point, I, I got 10 minutes. I'm going to go up and open one. Okay. Left side. You open the chest... I'm sorry, hold on. I'm excited to say this. You open the chest. Surprise! (laughs) No. (laughs) You open the chest, and there are some precious stones in there. Diamonds, rubies, sapphires, stuff like that. Uh, And there's also coinage in there. But not coin that you've ever seen minted in the Empire. It's made out of some strange metal. No. Fuck you. That you're not... is Is it like a weird color? It is. It's like a slightly weird color. Is this Electrum? It's Electrum. Fuck. You just found thousands and thousands of Electrum pieces. Got to close that now. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to like rifle my hand through it and see if anything like pops up as magic real quick. Nothing magical. This seems to be uh, the, the king's last ditch effort to save some of the treasury. Okay. Or to at least keep it from the empire. Now, if I if I pick one up, is it like minted with like a face, or is it just straight the electrum metal? No, it is minted with a face, uh, and that face would be the last king of Morbale. Okay, uh, I'm gonna leave the chest open and drop the coin in, uh, and then I'm gonna go to the other chest and open it up because you said there was two, right? Or was there more? Yeah, uh, there are. There's one on either side of the room, and the other chest has basically the same thing. Just Electrum. Electrum and precious stones. Yeah, again, like just combing through it, nothing pops nothing up. Nothing magical, nothing pops up. What um would I know what the magic is, like what the history is about the magic for the golem specifically? All right. Uh roll me history check. Twenty one. All right. You actually spent a decent amount of time studying this uh, at school because the the people of Morbale had a different relationship with magic than the rest of the world. They spent their time trying to find ways to make machines. Machines that could help them mine, that could help them protect their people. It was less a pursuit of individual power and more in pursuit of the betterment of their society. And so where a lot of other places like like the Elvish nation and the humans to the south, where, where they spent more time developing actual spells and things like that, the dwarves took their time creating these magical automatons to serve purposes. But... 
most of them, if not all of them, were decommissioned or lost uh, after the Age of Splendor ended and then especially after the war because they had lost their ability to create a lot of these things. The Empire surely didn't want them having them as another means of trying to rise up. So you've never seen one of these in person. Most people have never seen one of these in person. They were scrapped down. So I am going to go take like a closer look at it just morally, morally, <laughs> purely from a um, fascination with the mechanics of it and the magic involved and like, whoa, cool, you know, like a discovery thing. So I'm just looking at like how it works, really. Yeah. Yeah. You roll me an investigation check. Mm, 16. Okay. You have your candle and you take a look. And you're you're leaning in, looking between the plates, trying to figure out what's in there. Is it machinery or and the best you can see inside of this thing is that there's a glimmer inside of it. Different precious stones, different um magical items and artifacts that are stuck in this thing that must all together make this thing work. But you're having a hard time figuring out exactly. I mean, this magic would be so far mm -hmm. advanced and a totally different magic than what you'd be used to. I'm going to look behind me and look at everyone else in the room. And does it seem like everyone's pretty occupied looking through here and, and doing stuff like we're not going to be ushered out anytime real soon? Is anybody else even in the room? So they're still on the, outside. the dwarves have not come into this room. And after seeing that thing come to life, they are not super interested in coming in. However, Toslane is standing in the doorway and she's like, um, we should we should probably go. Uh, we've created a bit of a ruckus and I sort of promised that I wouldn't do that. Real quick, the it looks like there is vases or vases, whatever you want to pronounce yeah. them. Do any of them give off any magical vibes? Nope, nothing like that. And if I open one? What's in it? Or is it empty? It's empty. Okay. Ashes. They seem to be just, they seem to be <laughs> works of art that were put in here. Okay. So nothing else seems weird. Nothing else seems magical. Just nope. the Electrum, the magic weapons, the armor. That yep. Okay. And if I peek behind the throne, is there anything written on the back of it? Nope. Nothing. Cool. I do, on on my way back through and out, I want to do two things and then I'm done. I want to touch the dark armor, like suit of armor. I want to touch that and the other. Like, I want to touch both that I am not familiar with. See how they feel. Like, see how thin it is. See if there's, like, movement. That kind of thing. So when you touch that one, the silver-colored one, there's no give. But where it's jointed, it does feel flexible. And there's no sound as it kind of moves under your touch. The other one, when you touch it, it's hard. It, it's, it's so hard, it almost doesn't even feel like metal. And that's it. That's what you notice from a cursory touch. There's no piece that would come off easily. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then I will leave and then, like, step out of the room. But I'm going to, I'm digging in my bag and I'm getting out, like, like a piece of charcoal in my in my notebook and I'm furiously scribbling like diagrams like little pictures and I'm not I'm not going to draw anything that's like 
you clearly found this in the secret room. I, I'm drawing like pieces. So looking into the golem, like some of the configurations that I've seen, I'm drawing that specifically. And um, like the way that the silver, not steel um, is constructed. Like I'm, I'm drawing some of the detailed pieces of that because I don't um, want to have this taken away from me by anyone that's seen me draw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Char, anything you're doing on the way out? No, I'll I'll keep uh, Tal. My brain just gave up. Tazlane. Uh, Tazlane, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just distracted. Like, okay, this is this was this. The crown and the construct are connected. Don't touch them. The hammer looks like it was created as a. It's a war item. Blah blah blah. It was created to be a. In the gods' image, kind of thing. Like some blacksmith clearly was very influenced. Uh, all the electrum. What? What I say? No, you're fine. I'm. I. I had a thought. I started to speak. I didn't let you stop speaking. So that's why I was trying to say, never mind. Keep going. No, you're good. Um, the electrum pieces and the precious metals, um, but nothing and everything else just didn't seem to be magical at all, okay. uh, except the armor. And I'll explain that there was a difference between the those three and the other three. Yeah. I don't know what they were. I just know that they're different. Yeah. When you're describing the link between the statue and the crown, do you tell her that it said that that other guard is not of the king's blood? Yeah. Because I know that at some point that guard will say it and I don't want to be the last one to. Yeah. So when you tell her that, she's like, oh, God. What's wrong? <sighs> there is someone who's a descendant, isn't there? Yes. Remember when I mentioned the third faction? That's oh. them. They're going to have a field day with this. Maybe the people from Stellium will be able to break the connection. We won't have to tell them. Oh, and uh, the weapons don't seem to be attached, and they are also built for war. Very good weaponry. Great. Great. All right. Well, where are you off to from here? Well, you still have a caravan going north, right? Yes, you asked me not to cancel that. I figured that if there is some ability, we would uh, hop on. If the... I didn't want to presume. Sure, yeah. I mean, we were going to send people north with, with Maya anyway, with some supplies and notes and important things. It would be nice to have the two of you there to help escort. If you're willing to do so. Yeah, absolutely. As long as no one knows deliberately that we have what we have. No, certainly. It'll be easy enough. We'll just tell them. No one outside of who we're traveling with, obviously. Absolutely. I'll just tell them that I hired you as mercenaries because we needed the guards here in Morbale after the attack. Yeah. Works for me. So, did was that sufficient enough? I'm very, I'm still very confused as to why your mages here didn't want to go into the. Well, they were afraid crypt. exactly what happened would happen, and they would be murdered by some magical means. So. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you had anything to help me out with that, that would be swell. I'm not a healer, but um, we could have somebody come and see to you. It's just like this lingering headache. <laughs> All right, we'll have you seen before you leave. 
or just chuck an extra potion somewhere if you have one to spare. I know that you guys are still dealing with ramifications. Yes. We don't have a lot to spare after the events of yesterday. We've used most of our supply, but I'm sure somebody can help you. You guys head out with her. She takes you back out of the old city into the new city, escorts you around to get you uh, bandaged up, and we're going to cut this one there. Hello, all. Thank you for listening to Slay the Stars. We hope you enjoyed episode 27. We have a few shout-outs to give and a promo for you. First, thank you again to Fungin Master for the amazing map. You can find the map on our website, Patreon, and social media. Shameless plug. Follow Fungin on Twitter at FMaster90 for more maps, fun, and his dope streams. Second, a huge thank you to our friend and patron Jasper for creating our second TBK character. Not only did they create Dale Swin, but they also drew art for the character that you can also find on our website, social media, and Patreon. Shameless plug. Something tells me that we'll be seeing Dale again. If you're interested in art commissions, check Jasper out on Twitter at Jeweled Crown. That's at J-E-W-E-L-L-E-D-C-R-O-W-N. They're a great person and deserve all the love. And finally, we have a promo. The Monsters Playbook is an actual play Monster of the Week RPG podcast where the real world crashes into the paranormal over and over and over again. They tell a story of magic, adventure, and of danger. But first, it's a story about people. There is always some good news and some bad news on the Monsters Playbook. Sounds great. We can't wait to check it out. Thank you all for listening. And here is the promo. My name is Johnny, and I'm the host, executive producer, and prince of lies for the Monsters Playbook. What's the Monsters Playbook? It's an actual play Monster of the Week podcast set in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where no monster can hurt you as badly as you can hurt yourself. It's a character-focused adventure where you'll meet Kira Ashwood, a journalist with a cult past she's desperate to atone for, and a secret power hidden even from herself. Casey Davis, a taciturn secret agent becoming disillusioned with the agency she thought she could trust. Theo Nessos, a professional sorceress trying to escape the shadow of her powerful, magical family. And Mark Clayton, a pretty haunted introvert who just wants to make sense of his powers and all the weird things that keep happening to him. This is a show where danger could just as easily come from an otherworldly threat as from the fragile emotions that anchor our characters and bind them together. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Dresden Files, or any city-set supernatural story with monstrous threats and messy feelings, check out The Monster's Playbook. New episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Our awesome intro music is brought to you by the one and only Isaac Viers. Character designs by the lovely Cam Gonzalez. Produced by our very own Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer, the one, the only, the me, Jen Kearney. And last but not least, our audio engineer, Arthur Polino. Thanks for listening. <laughs>